internet, you're obviously not fully experiencing my profound bitching. My name is Matthew Kroll. And I'm Jared Dowd. Welcome to The Suck. Oh boy, and this is the only podcast about movies. Fan request episode, specifically the film... A boyhood. By Richard Linklater. This was requested many a month ago by Kartik Singh, our friend in Paris, who is a longtime listener, first time writer. No, he's written it a few <laughs> times. Um, but, but we realized. We, we've been wanting to do this one for a while. It's just taken us a little while. We've wanted to have a guest on. And, and whoa, hold on. Is there a guest in the room right now? This joke never gets old. Like, we didn't notice he was here, but he's been here the whole time. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, good friend from our television production world, Mr. Dan Kubalakis is in the building. Hey, everyone. How are you, buddy? I'm, I'm so honored to be on the only podcast about movies. I know. It's weird, right? Like, it's amazing. No, you'd think there'd be more. I don't know how I got chosen for this. <laughs> but, well, because two reasons. One. We, we actually picked you when you were 12 years old, oh. and we've been following you. And we've been, you. We've been, been following you. <laughs> To now, once you've seen this film, and you and I have talked about this film just in passing in the we past. We have, we have, yep. And uh, we have differing opinions. We do. <laughs> uh, but but I, 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 respect, I respect your opinions on film, and I wanted to... I wanted to make sure that when we did this episode, everyone knows I don't like this movie. Shahir is a little bit back and forth, I think, about it. And we'll talk about it. Yeah, mm -hmm. and and I didn't want this to be a kick circle on this fucking thing because I understand how work works. Like I don't, <laughs> there's 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 validity in everything, right. and I wanted someone who was passionate about it. And you and I have discussed it, and I thought this would be a, a nice open forum for us to just tear each other's hearts out. Yeah, we've I, also. I, oh, sorry. No, go ahead, please. Dan. Go, no, no. Oh, I was just gonna say we've also referenced this movie quite a lot in our Moonlight review. Yeah. As a as a counterpoint to this movie, got it. Um, so if you're interested in our opinion on this movie, and then maybe your, our opinion on Moonlight, go check out that episode. Um, and uh, if you're interested in requesting a film like Kartik did, uh, you can reach us at onlymoviepodcast at gmail .com or hit us up on Twitter at onlymoviepod, or also check out our website at onlymoviepodcast.com. Yes. Also, if you want. Do some iTunes reviews. We do like those iTunes reviews. They're very helpful to spread the word. We're getting a lot of listeners in Australia for some reason. You had mentioned that last time. Yeah. 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 And I would love to do some Australia. There's a, there's a, there's a very difficult to find Australian film, which is one of my favorites called The Boys. Uh, which I, which goes with the theme. Actually, yeah. If we the boys' doing, hood, boys actually, in the hood. If I, I, I'm not doing the Criterion Corner anymore, but I'm gonna pick. I'm gonna do it at the beginning of the episode for a film that's impossible to find on DVD. But it's called The Boys, and it's an Australian movie. And I can't remember the director's <laughs> this, name. This is not an actionable review. This is not no, an actionable no, review because literally you're setting up an Easter egg hunt that you're telling people they'll never be able to find. But have fun, my children. Oh wow. <laughs> okay. Well, we're all we're all Shahir's children now. <laughs> now I'm curious. Why was this movie requested? Is this something that the fans that I, well, requested liked. Didn't well, like? no. Here's so so. This is a movie that's been entered into the National Board of Reviews. It's been nominated for Oscars. It has been touted as one of the greats. I think even last year, uh, in the uh, list of greatest American movies in the last fifty or twenty years, this ranked very highly. It might have been a number three or four. I it was up know. there. It's, it's up, on on Metacritic. It has like one of the highest of all time, right? Like the yeah. purest reviews. And so. Uh, I, I believe Kartik reviewed, and I, I, I know Kartik, he, he lives in Paris, he's a filmmaker, and uh, he, I think, like me, is not a huge fan of this movie, mm -hmm. and so he wanted to hear an opinion about why people might love this movie. Uh, so, Matt, can you tell us what Boyhood is about? I sure can. <laughs> Let me just, sorry, I was looking it up on Rotten Tomatoes. It has a 98 
90- so I am in the minority. You are the two percent. Yeah. I'm 2%. finally the one percent. So though I'm in the minority here, I feel like I have the the strength of Rotten Tomatoes, the critics, and you know most of the country. No, no, you are world. in. You are you are the, the you've won the the popular vote. But does that mean? <laughs> oh no, the electoral do college. Right, do that to me. <laughs> so am I representing those with like? Would you guys say it's like those with like? Lesser taste? No, like no, taste no, not, not taste at all. No, no, no. Okay, okay. I will never, I will never fault someone for liking a film. I feel like if you, if you like Constantly a film, constantly fault me for liking movies. I mean, I've heard I will it. never yeah. fault anyone but Shakir for liking a film. That's fair. Shakir and I have a weird little contract going where we can fault each other's character and likes and and just personal and soul and appearance and appearance uh, and sexual uh, prowess yeah. and a bunch of other things. Of which stop there. Neither stop of us there. have. Any. But, yeah. but, 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 um. I, I want people to like movies. There's sure. no question. Yeah. Uh, and I'm, I, it, that's a weird thing to say after I'm going to try to convince people to not like this movie. Mm-hmm. But I guess I, I'm, when I'm bitching about it, it is just me bitching. It's not like I'm, I'm not trying to convert people, sure, course, I guess. I just, this is how I feel about it. Mm-hmm. So obviously I, I am in the minority when this, when this mm-hmm. happens and you know, that's that. Yeah. So tell us what's it about. Okay. Uh, the one sentence uh, IMDb, <laughs> so much description. The life of Mason from early childhood to his arrival at college. That's it. That That's what you're getting. Three, three, hours, three I mean, hours. I mean, even as somebody who's, who liked the film, yeah, I could have summed this up in about, you know, <laughs> yeah. five words or less. Right. It's, <laughs> and, grows I, up. and again, IMDb does have a longer thing. I just, you know, I like those. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So boyhood. Uh, I'll just start, I guess. Uh, I saw it. Uh, Sort of the bam back when it came so out. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and uh, I walked out of it and I, and I, cause it's long. It's like three hours and some change. Just under. Yeah. Um, it's, it, it was hard for me to get through. Um, and for reasons I'll sort of go into later on. Uh, and it, it might just be because I, when I, when I went into it, it's so interesting that now moonlight is out. Like when I heard this movie was happening, I was like, this is an amazing gimmick. I'm like, this is so fucking cool that someone did this mm-hmm. and then it's just for me when i walked out i was like the movie was all gimmick it's i i've even said it's the greatest gimmick film ever made and obviously i'm saying the word gimmick as as a as a negative it's point. definitely no no but it's, it's a gimmick but like but then moonlight came out which deals with obviously much different characters but still the the growing up and becoming an adult uh in you know different you know places in the world and whatnot but it deals with it in such a true emotional sort of like ah, just powerful way where this I felt like constantly relied on the fact that it was hey are you noticing they're getting older are you they're they're, oh, they're a little older now now he's got long hair now he's got short hair oh he's a little older he's got some okay he's there so like that to me really it undercut the film for me and nothing the movie did was strong enough to ever bring me back and now upon rewatching i'll get into it later i have even more issue uh uh with it in particular with its length and its reliance on this passage of time gimmicky thing right um do you want to go do you want to let dan close us up here in the in the opening shahir well, I think I'm in the middle of both of your right. opinions, so I'm going to... Dan, why don't you give us the Polar, so, on, the, so, the polar Express here? Yeah, I mean, I guess... <laughs> the Polar Express! <laughs> Going into it, I had very low expectations, right? So I, I knew just the gimmick, and uh, and I kind of just let it wash over me. Um, Are you a fan of Richard Linklater? So I, 
I'm not going to say yes, only because I feel like I've seen so few of his films. I've never seen the Before Sunrise Sunset movies. I've always planned to. You love those. I've you? never seen them. I'm not a huge fan of Days and Confused. Nope. I think I'm because, not a huge fan of it because I didn't see it. Maybe I didn't see it at the right time. It's one of those movies I think that you see it at the right time. It hits you. I have friends who worship that film and I just don't. It's fine. You know, <laughs> um, what else has he done? What else? What oh, uh, I mean, Waking Life series. You know, I've never seen Life. Scanner Darkly. I've never Scan seen those. Yeah. You've never seen those. Scanner no. Darkly wasn't bad. Yeah. Uh, the uh, recent film, Bernie, which was about the serial, um, the person who killed someone oh, in Texas, but was that, so beloved by the community. Is that Jack Black or something? Yeah, Jack yeah, Black. Yeah, no, I didn't see that. Newton Boys. Yeah, I really educated myself before Fast I came Food here. Fast Food Nation. Yeah. Yeah, uh, he's you know the I don't even about, bother trying. To, he just knows everything. He knows, he so knows. Yeah. he's not even looking at a list. Uh, the the thing about Richard Linklater is he's done so many films. Sure. I mean, Slacker. Have you you know Slacker? No, I saw Slacker. Uh, everybody wants some. This you can year. kick me out now. This <laughs> is fine. No, no, no. It's cool. It's yeah. cool. Uh, um, We're not but, talking about Slacker. That's right. But it, uh, it, it it I think that you know I I did let it just kind of wash over me. I enjoyed the moments. I think on second review, I guess we can talk about that later. But I. I Felt like I was this kid at times. Right. I felt like I knew this kid. I felt like I knew every character in the film. And I, I'm not going to say I wanted to sit there for longer than two mm -hmm. hours and 45 minutes Please or three don't. hours, <laughs> but I did enjoy being with those characters through that time. And I felt like I traveled with them along those journeys. And I feel like, you know, seeing patterns repeat and seeing, you know, the sister, especially like I knew that girl. And I, I, I like the way that they sister's focused the best on, part of the movie. Sister was great. And I thought that, you know, in the beginning, I was like, is this girl, you know, she got the part. Obviously, she's like, that's his daughter. daughter. Yeah. yeah. Um, you know, I thought, is, is this is she just kind of phoning it in? Because, you know, she's there. She was there and available every yeah. year for 12 years. <laughs> um, but I do think that having the boy be, you know, your central character and trying to invest in him, having her be a little bit of a, of a of a mystery like you didn't really get into her head no. um so so getting i, I don't know I, I felt like going along this journey i was i was with them and i wanted to be with them so i think i wanted to enjoy the film i wanted to but it sounds it, like you succeed. did enjoy it. and yeah. i did yeah. i did yeah. i did on second viewing oh i had a little bit more oh, wow. i had some more issues with it okay a lot of the will i think we'll get to this but uh, some of the dialogue was a little hit you over the head you know dialogue holy shit some of the lines on second review were ridiculous <laughs> but I still landed at the same place with those characters and I was kind of happy I was with them, you know? Okay. Yeah. Um, so for me, um, my thing with Richard Linklater is um, every filmmaker looks to slacker at some point as, you know, uh, uh, a, a turning point in indie cinema. It was this idea that you could make these sort of little vignette stories um, into a, into a singular film. Uh, it changed the way we understand film distribution. So Richard Linklater has been part of that. I've never loved any of his movies. Uh, my favorite uh, Richard Linklater film was a film called Tape, which was uh, a film with uh, him, Ethan Hawke, and uh, the guy from Dead Poets Society, whose name I've gone blank on, uh, but in a hotel room. Amazing film. Um, so when I saw Boyhood, I've kind of like, I went back and I was like, oh, I've actually seen a lot of Richard Linklater's films, but just never really thought about them because I've never thought about him as a, as a singular auteur. But the one thing that has defined his career um, is the before trilogy, the before sunset, before sunrise, mm -hmm. uh, before midnight, which I just, I binged through them recently in anticipation of this film. Um, because when I watched boyhood for the first time, I was like, I, I kind of felt underwhelmed by the whole thing. And I felt that, that for a film that was so ambitious in its actual construction, it was so 
underwhelming and unambitious as a narrative. And maybe that's the point, you know, like if you're trying to make a film over 12 years with a single character, you're just trying to explore who this kid is. And so the film is just an exploration of who it's this a time kid capsule, right? Yeah, a time capsule film. But I found it underwhelming. And not only did I find it underwhelming, I actually found it pretty clunky in places. Like I found it pretty, um, the, my, my, and rewatching it now is like, wow, a lot of these scenes have no subtext. Like a lot of these scenes are just what's happening right now. There, yeah, and and a lot of the scenes, weirdly enough, start or stop whether they're important scenes or not, just with cultural references to get you on board again with the gimmick of now it's nineteen ninety nine or like whatever the fuck it is. Like yeah, you get your music references, you get your technology references through. Like, but yeah. like they're so they're not most of them are not smoothly integrated. It's like, and now we're going to show you Dragon Ball Z for five seconds. And you're like, okay. I do. I think watching it this time around, I think it's unfair to call it a gimmick. It's not a gimmick. Oh, it is a gimmick. It is not a gimmick. Holy shit. Is it a gimmick? It's not a gimmick. It is. It is. It is. They are. This is a sincere exploration of the idea of, of following an actor from, from, from the age of seven through the age of 18. Would this story have been told if not, would the story of Mason been told Here's if a, this wasn't the way it was told. But you're thinking about it the wrong way, which is that they didn't know where this film was going right. when they made it. Right. So they were basically coming to it and trying to construct a story every year. Of and that's course. not a gimmick. That is an exploration. They could, in fact, at some point they could have just said, well, look, this is just not working out. Let's not do this. But was they the major selling point of this film that it was shot over 12 years? The major selling point of the, when they released the film is that it was shot over 12 years. But it's, but I don't think they were like, let's tell this story over 12 years. Do you what think they it would be touted as, as, as great as it was if it was not shot over the course of 12 years? Uh, here's the thing. That's that's the way to the, the the that's the reason I actually didn't like it the first time around was that I and I still don't like it as a film. I actually <laughs> just do, don't like the word gimmick. I just don't like the word gimmick. And I think gimmick is unfair to like the sincerity and the way in which, you know, the gimmick to me is someone trying to exploit the audience for a financial purpose. This is not that. This is, this is, this is. I'm going beyond uh, financial. There's financial there, but it's also just engagement purpose. No, no, but, well, I don't think that's a gimmick. What I think is the case here is that this artist is sincerely exploring this idea of can I tell a story over 12 years? And I think. And the answer is no. No, I think it can be done. No, no it can be done. It it's can, just not done and, well. And, and, you know, where it's done masterfully is the Before before Trilogy. Every, I just, I, I binge those and, and they are incredible. Every scene of the Before Sunrise, Before Sunset, Before Midnight Trilogy is amazing. And I can't speak to those because I haven't seen them. I want to. Right. They're, they're incredible. And to me, they're more powerful than this because and remember if you if you're arguing about gimmick the gimmick there is the same thing it's it's but like, does it use but this is the thing except the, it's three movies instead have, of one Dan have you seen any of the you said you hadn't seen these not, three no. yeah. uh, and I haven't either and I can't speak to them I know you've seen them and I respect you <laughs> mostly some, some part, <laughs> half yeah. of the time I really didn't no, really I do. sound no, like no I do yeah. but the um uh the 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 thing there it sounds like it, the, <laughs> that maybe there is a gimmick there but the gimmick is not what gives the movie relevance. Well, people this, do this talk movie about would not be relevant if it didn't wasn't shot over twelve years. The story of Mason growing up is not as interesting as as Moonlight or as another film that sort of it's just not. So now, I don't think you could have told his story without the gimmick. We're gonna call it the gimmick, right? Yeah. yeah. You couldn't have told a story of somebody at various points through twelve years because you'd switch out the actors. Mm -hmm. You you know you you. Couldn't, but we've proven that can be done. You yes sure in other films. I haven't seen Moonlight again. Mm -hmm. Yeah, coming to the table <laughs> unarmed. Um, but and I it's think that. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, no. Um, I think that I think that that was. 
I guess you asked the question, like, what came first, the gimmick or the story? I, and in this case, I think that the the concept, if we, if we don't want to call it a gimmick, the concept of checking in every year for 12 years came first. Yes. yes. And they developed the film over time. Now, one of the things that I liked about the film is that they incorporated what was going on in his life mm-hmm. along the way. Yeah, he became a photographer they incorporated, at some point. They incorporated yeah. his piercing, his, you know, his hair, his yeah. um, taste in music, his, you know, the technology of the time. So when I see things like, you know, texting on a phone, you know, having a, a sound dock with your iPhone in it or something, those to me are not necessarily... You know, they are mile markers for the time that we're in. But I also think, They're, what were you what were you obsessed with when you were 14? You yeah. know, you were playing Halo. You were watching Dragon Ball Z. You know, like those things to me were, you are, again, it's a time capsule of where this kid was along the way. So if you're looking at it like, I want more of a story. If yeah. I want more of a, you know, and I guess that's what I'm, I guess we'll get to that. The, but like The word I would use instead of gimmick is I think it was the experiment. The experiment, for sure. Yeah. It, it, you know, what it was was the experiment of can we make a movie over 12 years? And I think that's what they were going it's in an experiment until it's sold. I mean, that that's what I like. I get but, that. But and, and for a lot of people, this is successful. Now, again, I for me personally and and what I've been trying to think about for the last since Kartik asked us to review the film. Sure. And since I watched it last time, I was like, why don't I like this film that much? And and I've been thinking a lot about that and in, in the re, in the rewatch as well. And the one thing that I was thinking about is the title itself, Boyhood. And it reminded me of a Madonna song that came out years ago. Called, I love this already. Uh, which is like, do you know, uh, the lyrics goes like, do you know what it feels like to be a, to be a girl or to be a woman? Right. And the thing about that, that I, that always irked me about that lyric and, and that notion of Madonna singing that song is that she doesn't know what it's like to be another kind of woman. And you know, like it's, it's what's missing. There's this idea of specificity. And the problem with boyhood for me is that it is attempting for universality. It's attempting to be a story of boyhood. And and my issue is, is that it is so broad and so vague, and none of the scenes are specific, even to the even to the construction of them, that every scene feels like a construction. You know, like the 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 alcoholic father doesn't read to me like a genuine scene, a, a genuine story about an alcoholic father. It feels like an episode that was put into the story, and it doesn't feel real to me the there are other scenes like the you know the the darkroom conversation that happens later okay, on in that the movie. was yeah that was a tough one um the 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 mexican worker that oh that the worked. worst part of the fucking but movie all of those things feel unspecific pedantic and, is and, the word you're looking for well just unspecific it's it, it and they and that's why the film doesn't work for me i admire the the patience and tenacity and the idea of doing this experiment i just sure. don't think it's a successful experiment for me, apparently for a lot of people it is. Do you think what what would have made this concept work better for you? I think it, I think if if the um, so what's great about the before trilogy mm-hmm. is that that the every time we check in with that couple there are unique events that are specific to only that couple that feel like that feel genuine that feel lived in that feel revelatory every time I see them. Mm-hmm. There's very little about what happens in boyhood that feels revelatory to me. There's very little of it that feels like I'm witnessing something profound happening. Uh, wh- I w- what instead I feel like I'm watching is is the notion of something profound happening. Like like we are expecting something profound to happen. There's and, a lot to like about this movie, sure. and there's a lot to admire about this movie. But I personally don't feel like 
it actually connects. And I think from a technical aspect, that's very true. I think the the the, the fact that this was actually finished is a marvel. Like, yeah. there's no question in my sure, mind. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, but I think what would have made this work better for me, back to your question, Dan, is characters that were kind of like what you here just said, that were not just sort of like empty templates. I mean, literally, the characters of mom and dad are named mom and dad. Like, they don't have names. Because well, you're, you're and also, getting... You're getting this story from his. Of course, of, right? of course, but that doesn't mean that they can't be character. Like it feels like this movie is is obsessed with two things: one, letting you know that time is passing and they're doing this in in real time; two, it is obsessed with sort of almost like this weird level of like pseudo nostalgia, and not to the point of like, oh my god, wasn't Halo great? Wasn't uh, Britney Spears great? It's like, oh, remember when you were a kid and you did this? Oh man, that happened. But, but remember? Gotta, but no, no, hang no, on, hold, hold on. I yeah, I think that. that I'm did, gonna, yeah. No, Dan, go no, please. Ahead. But no, well, sorry, I didn't. I didn't even answer your question. Okay. So just to wrap it up, if they had more characters, for instance, I feel like the daughter. I feel like the daughter was a fully fleshed out character. I really the only one. And if the writing, the writing in this, if it is actually written, was it written or was it, was it improv? It was written. Okay, because that's awful. Like the writing in this is gross. <laughs> like it feels so like, oh fuck, we have to connect these two things. Well, this one sentence kind of does it, and then it pushes it forward. So the two things: characters. And way better writing. Like it, that you, was. My did you two want things. more focus on other characters? I wanted them to seem like characters and not caricatures that remind me of. Oh, that's what it's like with your mom when you're 16. Like I don't. I get that. I had that. I know it. Like tell tell me something now. So, <laughs> Dan, I feel oh, so boy, bad for man. you right Dan, I, now. I love you, buddy, and you are a, a I, I saint just, for being here yeah, and listening to me, so, bitch. So, you know, again, all right, so everything's through the lens of this boy. So when you say, you know, the title, first of all, the title wasn't always the things you read on online yeah. before you review a movie. Um, it wasn't always, it was it was called Boyhood in Production, but he wanted to call it 12 years, mm-hmm. and it ended up being, you know, the same year or around the time of 12 Years of Slaves. Right, so that, makes boyhood, right? that makes sense. That makes sense. So, so... Everything's through his lens, I guess, you know, figuratively Mason's and lens. literally, you know, with, uh, the, with Mason, the photographer. Yeah, played by, what the hell was that? L.R. Coltrane. Yeah. So uh, getting these surface viewings of these events, the the alcoholic father, you know, I don't, I mean, the um, alcoholic stepdad, yeah. two alcoholic stepdads. Yeah, I was going to say, matter. there's a cycle. Um, I didn't mind not delving deeper into those other characters because I was getting it from his point of view. Like to me, Mason was this kid that like lives on the periphery of everything. Right. And that I'm not saying that I fully relate to that, but I think we all relate to that somewhat and seeing him, his interactions with these characters, mom and dad, like when you're a kid, especially, I mean, I think, I think this is why the first half of the film to me is more successful than the the second half. I'll say getting, getting these snippets of what, a seven-year-old and a nine-year-old and 11-year-old sees and like how he processes that and how it informs the kid that he becomes at 17, 18. I think that that, that was successful for me because I understood his evolution of a character from beginning to end. Yeah. I saw how, you know, um, dealing with the, the, that leaving those kids behind, leaving, leaving the kid on the bike from the, you know, from yeah. when they first move in the first year, yeah. leaving the two you know, step siblings behind when they, when they had to leave in the middle of the, you know, yeah. in the middle of the day, those things to me all formed this kid who had these detachments at the end, who, you know, observed everything and didn't participate. So for me, that, that sort of character study mm. was yeah. sufficient enough. And I kind of only really like the movie for that. Yeah. Like, I think there were a lot of moments where it's like, 
oh, is this going to be a bigger storyline? Is this, you know, is this loaded gun that we're seeing? Is this throwing star or yeah, whatever yeah, yeah. it was in, the, in that one scene? Like, are these like... I think it was you know, a saw moments? blade. It was a saw blade, right? Yeah. Because I used to do that shit you know, when they're like, houses. When they're like texting and driving and he's looking at the picture of the pig on the phone, like all these moments, you're like, oh, mm. uh, am, am I expecting something terrible to happen? But I was like, this isn't a normal movie. Like this isn't... The loaded gun doesn't have to be shot at some point. Like yeah. this is just a... a, a, a a glimpse this through this person's and life. As, and right. as we check so out when I, when I, Right. So like, so, so seeing that and kind of like accepting that, and I think I accept that early on and why it helped me was why I think I let this movie be just what it is. So right? as we go on, yeah. as we go through the, the sort of chronology of the film, once we get into spoilers, even though that's not even really a thing in this yeah, part, he grows up, call out, yay. Uh, call those out to me. The moments where you feel like this is a defining moment that affects Mason later, <laughs> because I don't see any of them. And no, I'd, I, I'd I, love, I, I agree with Dan. That's I what I'm, I'm saying. I want, I want to see these. So when we yep. get to those points, both of you, please call them out to me because I, 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 I did not experience that. And right. I want to, I would love to love this movie. Yeah. I spent, I've now spent six hours of my, life with it and i'd really like to not hate those six hours right no yeah. I, I i agree with dan i think there are there are moments that are really for me and i and i i think the thing that's also interesting is this idea of like following this kid 12 you know like over 12 years and the the you know the kind of um the heisenberg effect of actually like putting a camera on this kid for a while and then seeing does does the fact that he's been making a movie for the last 12 years yeah, change we, we can't separate that unfortunately yeah, yeah, yeah. change who he actually becomes right. and i think that's really interesting and then watching it again because i've i've made a film with kids um and it is very difficult and they change so much and the the movie i made had a range of kids from from I think 11 through to 17. God bless you. And, and it's just, you know, like, so the thing with the 11 year olds are amazing because they want to talk, they want to act, they're having fun. The 14 year olds are like quiet and reserved. And, and that's exactly of, what you get in this movie. Yeah, the kid yeah. goes through all of the general stuff of a kid. Like that's you right. can tell that. And it's so, it, I, I'm, I am in complete admiration of the process, the procedure. Sure. I just, you know, like, and I think th like for me, one of the, the, the pivotal scenes that I think is really great is him getting his head shaved. Oh my God. You know, sure. like, yeah, yeah. Because, mm -hmm. because that was one of the only moments where I felt a thing in this movie. Yeah. And what I loved about it is that later on when he grows his hair long, it kind of, the, the correlation between those two events mm -hmm. really makes sense to me. Um, but again, I still think that the, when, whenever the film tries to get into storytelling or tries mm -hmm. to get into construction. It's not that they're, it's not that they're, I, I think that they're, they're making the wrong move. I think they're doing, they're executing it badly. Okay. And, and, and that to me is like the, the ultimate failure of the film. And, and this is from a guy who having just watched the before trilogy was like, he can execute brilliantly. This is a guy who knows how to write scenes, who knows how to like make actors work. So and does the weight of the gimmick or experiment, depending on what side well, of the he, table you're doing, does that weigh too heavy on him to be able to use all those tools in his toolbox to make a successful film? But think about this. Just think about this. You've picked a kid at the age of eight or sure. seven you don't that know. you're going to make your your lead actor for the rest of his, like for, for the, the remainder, sure. you know, the next 12 years. So the idea is like, Okay, in year seven, can I, you know, like, what kind of person is Mason now? Can I actually get him to do a scene? And that's all fine and good, but you can change your fucking writing for everything else. Like, there, there's there's other ways other than Mason, even though he's the focus. There's a bunch of different ways, which we've already sort of talked about, how we could make this movie better. I think the weight also, of the, the, the gimmick experiment, exper experimental gimmick. I think experiment is better. Uh, I, I want to use both. Now, you've got me to use both. Yeah. I was just using gimmick, and now yeah. I'm 
yeah. hyphenating them. Um, I just think the weight of that weighed down the ability, apparently, to make it a, a more a more sort of visceral or clear experience like those other three films, like his previous works. Yeah, I mean, you know, like uh, a film that came out uh, around the same time as Tree of Life, you know, mm -hmm. like a little bit earlier. I have Never a weird relationship it. with that but, movie. But, you know, like, like, like scenes of childhood in A Tree of Life ring far truer, far more viscerally, far more... I'm far more connected to them, even though I'm not a kid from Texas. Mm -hmm. You know, like I just, even though you've never been a dinosaur, I've never been a dinosaur. I've never stood on my There's dinosaur dinosaurs in it, Dan. Oh. <laughs> uh, like spoiler, the, the, spoiler alert. That stuff connects with me much more viscerally sure. than anything in Boyhood does. And and you know we've already talked about um, um, Moonlight. You know, it's not the first time that also an actor has traveled through. You know, like the Anton Duanel series with uh, Francois Truffaut. Mm -hmm. um, you know the. Um, the Apu trilogy uh, has has also, but it's not the same actor. Mm -hmm. But you know, like we've seen this done before. The problem, my problem is, is that is that he's aiming for something so broad and universal that that I just I again I you know like scenes of the alcoholic father at the dinner table feel like a play, feel like a PSA in some way. You know, like they don't feel it feels like oh we're doing the alcoholic dad scene. Sure. Yeah. It's not like we're doing a scene in Mason's life that has a profound impact on him. Even though it is that too, I just don't feel it reads like that first. It feels reads more like the alcoholic dad scene. Sure. That's fair. That's fair. Um, I would liken maybe this movie more to, I've never seen them, uh, the Seven Up series. You guys familiar right, yeah, with the yeah, Seven yeah. Up series? Seven Up so, 49, Michael so, Acted series. So <laughs> I, I have always wanted to see those yeah. films and I've never, I never have, but you know, I come kind of more from a doc background yeah. yeah and those appeal to me and i do one day want to kind of sit down and watch them through yeah this to me skews more towards that yeah than than film you know the, more towards a doc than right than right film, the seven right? i've seen one or two of the seven ups here i think yeah. i've seen uh 14 and i've seen 49 so i've like really jumped very out of order, yeah, wow. very out yeah. of order. um but <laughs> you just lost all of the stuff they're they're remarkable. They're yeah. they're incredible. But they're the thing about those is again because they're a doc and you're not expecting better. No, you the get thing, what you get. No, the thing is is that they're so specific and so like unique, and you really feel that those are real characters who are like you know like you're getting to know a real human being. What I feel like I'm getting in Boyhood is kind of a cipher of a human being. Sure. You know, like it 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 doesn't. There's, I've ne I don't actually connect, and it's weird to me that that Laurelay Samantha, the sister played by um, uh, Linklater's daughter, mm -hmm. feels more interesting to me and more compelling, even though she has least to do in the movie. Um, She's a cipher. I mean, to me, if I look at her as like a, a, she was a complete mystery to me. I mean, right. But I thought that was to the film's credit, right? Anyway. But I, for some I, reason, the way she was developed uh, made her the most interesting. Part. Like, I was never well, involved with like because mom and dad served two different purposes, right? Mom was the one sort of keeping the family together and being like the she had her differences and her traps that she fell into, but and then dad would come. And be cool, not quite uh, responsible till later on in the years. And then, but he'd always leave like two or three drops of wisdom where you're like, oh yeah, fucking dad's real smart. So like, but that's, the, the sister just felt like, God, more of an actual character than Mason did. And maybe that's because they could control it more. I actually, I actually, I, I actually really, I yeah. oh, sorry, go ahead. Dan. No, no, I, I don't know that if you have issues with, with him, I'm, I'm not. I, I guess you I'm not clear this. how you how you have more like you you could grasp her character more. I believed so? her more, and maybe it comes down to so raw acting. acting. That's, no, a, that's well, a question. I think it also is is that there's not as much inference placed on what her character does. She's kind of in the background, so we kind of we inject more of our own 
thought process into her. Possibly. You're what, getting more of him and you just don't like, you guys don't like what well, you're I getting think the thing, out, out of what, him. What I get out of him is constructed. I was going to say, I actually, I, I every time Ethan Hawke was on screen. He was great. I, I actually found it's him a breath, right. breath, of, breath of fresh air. And I actually really liked the, the transformation that his character went yes. through. You know, like from being this kind of like rock star, I'm going to go to Alaska and write some music mm -hmm. to like, oh, I'm taking my actuary exams. To uh, I'm I'm now a real you know like an insurance agent to I'm now like you know I have a family married and to drive, a religious family driving <laughs> a minivan right. you know like I actually found that and I found every conversation that he had and he has this is that just because we're getting old Shahir no 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 but I think you it's relate. also because the improvisation that <laughs> manhood that uh, Ethan Hawke does because he does they do it in um, the before series as well like right. the Ethan Hawke actually writes with Richard Linklater in those films. Um, is I think a little bit more authentic, a little bit more specific. He injects, you know. I'm I'm just going to use a casual term. It feels real. You know, Realer, like he, bring, yeah. he brings the real to it. Right. Yeah, even though the other kid is more real. <laughs> I mean, yeah. There's a scene late in the film between uh, Patricia Arquette and Ethan Hawke that. You're like, oh, these are two great actors having a scene together, unencumbered by the children yeah. that they've been acting the with scene, all these yeah. times. Yeah, uh, and I will say, Patricia Arquette, I, I, I did she win the Oscar for this? I think she, she did. She did. I yeah. disliked her oh, greatly I, in this film. Totally. Uh, but there were scenes like that. I feel like where she wasn't a hundred percent like part of the experimental gimmick. Where I was like, oh no, I get it. Like yeah. I see it. Yeah. Uh, real. Sorry, because we do have to move. I do want to say this from a side note. We were talking about this before this podcast started. I keep saying, you know, experimental gimmick, and that's the whole point of the thing. From a production management standpoint, Dan, you've worked in PM uh, before. The uh, this must. I mean, just from outside that world, it is a, a fucking miracle it's that this thing yeah. came to fruition. Like, yeah. how do you like? I that uh, it was hard to not to watch this and not think about that the first time. Yeah. Checking in with these same actors, all the actors being available. The locations, the 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 crew, you know. So I read, try to read up a little bit yeah. about how they did it. A couple months of pre-production, a month of post every year. He would write every year, kind of like leading up to it. Um, it. It is if you separate everything else, that is so impressive to me because yeah. you, you you that consistency. Also, I think it was like produced by IFC. Yeah, IFC, and you a know? single funder for the entire run. Yeah, which is and kind I, of amazing. And again, just a quick you know googling around for some tidbits of information beforehand. They really didn't check in on the footage. Yeah. throughout the process. Oh, really? So, so they, they just watched it when it was done at the end. Oh, yeah. wow. Which I think is also kind of a a great leap of faith. And 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 I think that this sort of production and this sort of gim experiment um, <laughs> we're gonna keep shortening it yeah. this is something that i think they're for that alone i'm glad this was made and it got so much attention because you know you, you i'd like to see more things that that take chances like this and do yeah. you know do things like this that you know we don't get a lot of if there was just a film about a kid growing up and you checked in with a, and you had you had to replace your, act, your actors I feel like it would just kind of get lost in the, in the morass be of, you know, all right, so I got to see Moonlight. Yep, <laughs> the, yep. th the thing is, is that the, what's amazing about that is two things. One is um, he was making other films at the time. Right. Like he was making big movies yeah. at the time. And all the other, all the actors, well, the, the you, know, actors you know what's were. hilarious? I keep thinking about this. Do you remember, uh, probably not, but da the movie Daylight, Ethan Hawke was in, it was a yeah. vampire movie. Yeah, yeah. I don't mind it. It's funny. It's quirky. I yeah. keep thinking, I was like. The Sparrow Brothers made yeah, that. Yeah. Between like scenes in Boyhood, Ethan Hawke's going and making fucking Daylight. And I'm just like, for all but the he's actors. he's also making Before Sunrise, no, Before no, Sunset. No, I understand <laughs> that. Like, but it's just so funny to me. Yeah. Like it's, Patricia Arquette was in Medium the medium. whole time. Yeah. That she was in this. Which is a show that. <laughs> I did watch. <laughs> uh, so maybe that's why I love Patricia Arquette. So, so the two I things was, it was amazing know. to me. And, and to me, actually, as a filmmaker, this actually sounds like a dream 
like the freedom is coming back. No, yeah, every, coming back home? every year, basically just getting a month to like write some to like look at something that you made the year before, and then and then write something new for it, grabbing your because I, I think it was only like four production days every year or something like that. Yeah, was, yeah they shot the whole thing over forty five days. So what is that with twelve yeah. years? You know, roughly. Whatever, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, four days or something, three yeah, to four days three, every four days. time. So it's kind of like the idea of just like dropping in with this family of actors that I work with all the time right. and writing a scene. For Seems this. super fun. Right. I, and no, just, and he, did inf- he did have the actors inform where their characters were going, right? Yeah. So they all kind of weighed in on what they thought. So um, like Patricia Arquette's mother did what she did. She went back to school and became a psychotherapist or something. You know, Ethan's, Ethan Hawke's dad was in insurance. So like those, those things kind of were very personal to them. And yeah. I think that sort of helps speak to you know, I get. I guess is this movie a lot of navel gazing? I think that's something we should get to. Is it like oh, what's this that? Is like what's navel gazing? You know, like staring inward, being up your own ass. Is it, oh, yeah. sm- loving the smell of your own farts. That's a phrase I've coined. Yeah, that like I, is, I, it, is this kind of uh, masturbatory? You know, yeah. experiment. Like, is this just? I wanted to do this. I wanted to play with Ethan no, well, Hawke for reason, twelve years. It you know? could be masturbatory, but masturbating feels great. So you can just do it. I think the thing is, is that there's a lack of pretension with when it comes to the scene. Like, I don't think the film is pretentious at all. Like, I, I think. Oh, it, oh, I do. Well, I don't think it is. I, I think it is very sincere. It is very warm hearted. And I think and I think they are like you can see it in the last scenes as well. They are striving to find meaning in all, especially the, the later half of the film where Patricia Rackett is talking about like where, you know, the fact that her life is kind of like, my, I thought there'd right. be more than this. Right. Yeah. Yeah. You know, right. and also like, um, the, the absolute final scene, which was like, you know, like, uh, seize the day versus the moment is happening less all around. I think that's Ugh. kind of, no, to me, that is close to like something that Richard Linklater has been working around his whole life. I think it's in the before trilogies. I think it's in waking life. I think it's in slacker. It's weirdly in days and confused, it's which is just days, a snapshot of, yeah, of days, a day. What's the line in days and confused is like, I hope we don't think about this being the greatest years of our lives, you know? And I think, I think that is true for everything here. So I don't think there's, again, I admire the effort that's gone into it. I do think for a filmmaker that's so talented and so, such a great writer, but, you know, like I've seen him flop before. I've, you know, like I think Fast Food Nation is a film that doesn't quite work. And, you know, um, I've seen, I, I think um, the uh, film Bernie is a film that doesn't quite work. But then at the same time, a film like School of Rock is a film that really works. It's really, it, you know, for a film that's such a, a jokey comedy it's such a warm-hearted film sure. and i think he's a warm-hearted filmmaker oh i do too and maybe maybe um i i'm i'm sort of misspeaking when you said you felt it wasn't um what was it? pretentious pretentious i i i don't think i don't think the content in the film is pretentious mm-hmm. i think again the experimental gimmick in itself is a bit pretentious not that people shouldn't do pretend sometimes pretentious shit makes the coolest stuff and then it just sucks when the person like sort of leans into it. And I don't think he's done that. That's something else I'll say about boyhood. It's not been like a calling card really for him. Like Richard it, Linklater's been around for that's long what I'm saying. Like, no, exactly. That's what he I'm saying. Need a calling of guy. course. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Like it's a moment in time and it's a thing he worked on. And, and again, for as much as I don't like it, I'm glad he did it, mm-hmm. but I don't, I don't see the sort of like, even like the warmth of the heart of the sort of what they're seeing, like you say, in like mm-hmm. school of rock and like those other mm-hmm. things. In this movie particularly, which is why, and I think it's because I feel like Mason is an empty vessel throughout that we're reminded through nostalgia of things that happen and we relate inwardly to, oh, I remember when I did something very similar to that. And that's where the emotions come from. It's it's a weird, it's almost like 
and I've mentioned this, I had to come up with a term for this, or maybe there is one if you guys know it. It's when something happens in a film, and Boyhood's less overt than these examples that I will give, but in the in uh, Star Trek Into Darkness, the second Star Trek movie. Nope. It's okay. <laughs> okay. But, the, but the, the, the reveal is that, um, uh, what's his name? Um, Doctor Strange. Why am I blanking on this? Uh, Cumberbatch. Cumberbatch, thank you. Yeah. Oh. Uh, yeah. <laughs> well, we all sucked there for oh, a second. Oh, sorry. Did you the, two, Into Darkness, the second one. Star Trek. Yeah. Con. Uh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. He was Khan. Right, 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 now, right. everyone denied he was Khan. Da, 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 da. And then there's this big moment where he's like, my real name is Khan or whatever the fuck it is. And it's that moment where characters in this universe shouldn't fucking that shouldn't matter. Like, great. You have a different name. Who gives a shit? And that's supposed to be a outside of the movie moment where the audience is supposed to go, whoa, but has nothing to do with the plot. Okay. Okay. I'm, Much I'm, like the end of uh, of um, Fantastic Beasts. Fantastic Beasts. Yes. Exactly. I'm yeah. wa- I'm but that apparently to- does. We actually got a letter in last episode where the Grindelwald storyline for it's that Grindelwald. By Grindelwald? the way, <laughs> I've heard this in Busher so many times. Grindel- Grindel- Grindelwald. Yeah. Grindelwald. Grindelwald. Um, Wait, I'm waiting for you to connect this. Well, I'm to going to, but let me now. So, so go on, go on. Yeah. So, um, all of these things. That, so th- while while that's a specific moment, the Star Trek moment is a specific example of a film using outside information to make the audience feel something important outside of the story. I do feel like because this is such a, gen- a generalized film and characters aren't quite developed, these constant pushes of where we are in time, these experiences that most likely we've all sort of had, it's the same type of Weird. And all film is, is emotional manipulation. This is just a style that I don't respect as much as good storytelling. All of these things in Boyhood are there to make you feel like, oh man, I do remember that. And that felt like this. It's not the image that's making you feel it. It's your own specific, exact, like, very similar moment that r- gives you the emotion. Dan, do you want to speak to this? or do you All I'll say it? is I think that that was enough for me. Right. Okay. Which is weird. That's I, fine. You know, I, I think that's I think that's what I'm arriving at. Is like, why did I like this so much? That's and I good. think I think that that was enough for me. Okay, for me, like enough to put myself in those shoes. Those times when you're like, yeah, all, all, those things resonated enough that I, and I don't even look at it as nostalgia as much as just that emotional like those checkpoints along the way. I mean, I didn't have an alcoholic stepfather, all those things, but like there was enough there that I was. I was in it. Yeah, I, I mean, I and I used speaking specifically to like things like the Harry Potter, getting the books for the Harry Potter. Uh, you know, like when they when we see in the film, they're they're receiving they they go to line up to get the the Half Blood Prince right. um, books, or when we see the Apple Mac Two or when we see the iPod. There's different. Yeah, and it's funny because I, I have a list of the ones that I'm not going to read them because there's just too many. But, but I wrote. That, but I wrote is that what list. you're talking about? Yes and no, because there's things in this movie that I feel like work in the way that they're using them to manipulate and understand the time period. For instance, the scoring, the songs they use to score, they're all from the time period. That's, That's right. great. That's an outside thing. I actually, really. <laughs> when I, the I, movie I, opened with Coldplay, I, I, I like, hated I was, that. I, I hated that. But we should talk about that. We should talk about that because I didn't like. I don't like Coldplay. And that's what but no, but it's also it's such a generic yes. kind of and he's actually looking at the he's looking at the sky when it's look at the star. I'm like, oh, we're going straight fucking okay. That's but no, a, that's that problem of not having subtext in the yes. scene. Yeah. But this is this is my thing. So like stuff where it hangs on things like um uh there now there's a Game Boy SP, and now there's the silly bowling graphics that we all know, and now there's that 20 questions game he's playing with, and now like there's you know, hey, like some of the more pop culture things you can kind of get away with, but the Harry Potter themed book release for the Half-Blood Prince, I was like, why are you why? Because that but was that a moment was, in childhood. But that was what I mean of that kid's life. And again, this is like looking at it as just that this is what this movie is, mm-hmm. is uh this boy's life. That is what his life was. That, but what, why is that like, important to his story? What did that do? But th- that's the thing. I think the story is his what was life. this boy's life along that. Like 
if you had a Game Boy during that period, that was your fucking life. I like, understand if, you know, that. If but you that, played Halo, like that was your life. That's like, not interesting to me. That's just, uh, that's just literally, I, that's, but it's not like he doesn't linger on it for that long. No, but like, there's a whole, that scene's like three minutes long of, of them going to this fucking thing. And it's like, but I was waiting I, for something to happen in that scene and nothing does. Yeah, I think you're coming at it for, as like somebody who watches movies that have, but there's more no of a point plot. to that. Whereas I feel like there were other things like in the bowling alley, <laughs> in the bowling alley, like there were things that were like sparks back to like, oh, this is what bowling alleys feel like. And even the bowling alleys changed because time changes as sure. they sort of that was the dad's spot with all the kids. There was enough like little hints like, oh, that's what the bowling bowling alleys were like in 2000s or whatever the fuck it is. Th that's fine. But to dedicate a whole scene to just being like, oh, and remember when this book came out? You remember? You, member? I keep yeah. saying member because there's a member. whole thing on Star Trek. Or but, Star, no, but South see, Park. I actually I, I am actually on with Dan on this one, which is that oh, I actually think God. that 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 stuff is like like the things that are more the problem is is i think the narrative stuff is less interesting than the actual time capsule thing and i think the way to think the about experimental this, gimmick the way to think about this film is a sort of hybrid documentary which is that it is a narrative documentary in right. some ways and and i think the time capsule stuff it is like to think about it this way it is very savvy to have picked the apple 2e as like an icon for that year. It is very savvy to like have picked Half-Blood Prince. Well, remember again, they didn't pick it in, in hindsight. They picked, they picked it, it that at, year. At the time. Because so it, I think it that, is what it was. Yeah. And I think that stuff, you know, like, and-, and It's not it, what they used though, it's how they used it. And I think the the scenes of like seeing Mason going to like get, um get pick up a copy of the Half-Blood Prince and lining up and stuff is a real testament to that his, that boy's life. And I think it is interesting. And I think- and I think it does play into like this tragedy that happens slightly later of this boy who, you know, like, cause he even, there's a point at, uh, later on where he, where he asks, there's no real magic in life. Is there mm -hmm. like, he's, he's sitting on the couch and I think there are, there are interesting connections like that, that happen, you know? Um, and I, I do like the sort of time capsule feel of the film. I, I, my, my issue has to be, you know, and I, and I think for you, Dan, you're saying that that is enough of a, you know, of, of a thing to watch this, uh, of a lens to watch this movie through. Mm -hmm. For me, the, the problem happens when we move away from that stuff and it becomes kind of more what is happening with the family at this sure. point. The right? moment with the magic talk with them, them talking while he's sleeping over at dad's apartment, yeah. uh, I think is super powerful. And the thing that Ethan Hawke says about like, well, whales are kind of magical. These things that yeah. sing and like can talk to each other under the water and like all this crazy stuff. And like, that's, I, and that's based on a kid who grew up reading the, you know, the Harry Potter. Series. I get that, but that doesn't, the Harry Potter, the scene, the two or three minute scene of him getting the books and before that, and then going to dad's thing does not make for me or any more so, that okay, scene so more powerful. Here's what I thought it was for. Okay. Yeah. Um, this is just, I'm coming up with this on the spot. Good. No, but, so that's you've, a, so you've got, that's all I do. Got, these got, you've got these, I mean, again, it's a, it's, she's reading, I, uh, I think it was prisoner of Azkaban yep. at one yep. point in an earlier scene. Then you have that book release party where he all dresses dressed up. up. Yep. He's, he's, he's participating. Mm. He's putting on a costume with his sister and like, and the, and the two step siblings, like he's a do, he's like a joiner. He's like, he's in on this pop, pop culture thing. And then as he goes along, he drifts away from these things. He doesn't participate. He observes, he doesn't buy into the pop culture stuff. He likes music that's on the fringe. He doesn't like things that are, that are mainstream. And I kind of see that sort of devolve mm -hmm. as it goes along. So I think for that, that alone, you know, he's like, this is our family unit. We're going as a family, the four step siblings. And then as that all breaks apart, he kind of isn't 
tethered yeah. to that sort of. But like, isn't that thing. sort of like? A, I mean, and that's all very true. Like it's hundred percent what that you described. I don't yeah. even know. But no, but like, isn't that just sort of a generic? kid growing up anyway you're gonna be into all the shit but that's, that's all- what the movie is but that's not good that's not good for me don't keep showing me just generic you know shit you know what's funny is is that i think it is a, it is a movie worth watching every now and again even if you know like so so what, what happened what what happened with me and and we're, we'll get personal about it because let's we, get it, personal, it's a personal- I th- and, and just side note before we do i think we're not going to get to i had it, the whole written down thing we're just going to keep talking about the movie as a whole so i mean i'm sure you audience break seen the structure it. No, no 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 well you don't have to i mean this movie is long and to go through it chronologically and I, and I at this point hopefully people have seen it and to, yeah. to go through yeah. it basically like the the general structure is uh Boy is living with a single mom who goes through a series of abusive uh, husbands before she finally kind of settles on her on her own. Boy become uh, finds himself uh, more as he gets older and uh, maintains a relationship with his um, estranged father, father, who gets less estranged as time goes on. Who gets less estranged as time goes on. And the film is about the passage of time that happens to these characters. Um, you know, we see them go off to college. We see the father become an insurance agent. Uh, you know, abandoning his rock star dreams, kind of musician dreams. Um, so when I I watched this last night, and I've had a kid recently. And the, the thing that I, um, the thing that I, I had a moment with my son right before I watched this movie, which was that. You were listening to Coldplay. <laughs> no, we were just, I was just putting him to sleep. And you were singing Coldplay? <laughs> I, was singing, I was singing Coldplay to put him to sleep. And we were all yellow. Um, no, but I was, I was just having a moment with my son because like my wife went out to a movie last night. So it was just me, me and my son. And, and like one of the things that me and my wife joke about is that he never cuddles me. He like, he just kind of like. He he! I hold him up, and he just kind of like uses just me to there. get. He uses me to get to places. You're a tool. <laughs> and so um, last night, I was uh, I was uh, putting him to sleep, and for the first time ever, out of nowhere, he just like lays his head down on my chest and just like relaxes. And it's like, and he's never done that. He's, he's almost a year uh-huh. old, and he's never ever done that. And so, and we just had this moment where I, I was just staring at him for like. 20 minutes before as he drifted off to sleep and he was staring at me and we just kind of sat there. And the thing that I thought about a lot as I was watching boyhood was this idea. And and, you know, it's, it's a point to, to what you're talking about with the half blood prince is that my son is going to go through, he's going to, at some point he's going to be attached to me. At some point he's not going to be attached to me. At some point he's going to grow into things that I don't like. He's going to become a kid who, might be, you know, like I'm not a sport. He'll be in I'm, unsafe situations and you won't be able to be there for him. Yeah. yeah. And, and, and so I was thinking as I was watching the film, I was thinking about that. And the scene that actually really hit me this time around, um, was him drive, was Mason driving off to college at the end of the film. Mm-hmm. It's play, it's, uh, accompanied by the, the, the trailer song here, um, hero by mm-hmm. family of the year. Um, and the thing that I was thinking about was that when I think when I watched this movie for the first time, when I saw that scene, I remembered me taking long drives, like, you know, if I was going to another city or something like that and listening to music mm-hmm. and kind of like having moments by myself. And then I suddenly realized that my son is going to have moments by himself as he gets older. And I was like, and I was, I was suddenly struck by the idea that my son is not attached to me. He is his own person. He is an entity unto himself and he is going to be his own person. And I think what struck me this time around watching the movie was this idea of this boy growing into the, this this person. I still 
You got brain primed. Yeah, I still have issues with the film. And so, you know, I still think the alcoholic father scene doesn't work. I still think the Mexican laborer thing really doesn't work. I still oh, think the darkroom talk doesn't Christ. work. I still yeah. think the the sick and abusive father. Uh, he's not abusive, but the sick and alcoholic father thing doesn't work. Um, you know, I I think the the relationship that Mason has, uh, you know, his girlfriend, um, it feels super uninteresting and generic to me, but. I again, I think there's a time capsule element to this film that can't be denied, and I and I think I, I don't I think people who who talked about this film as the profoundly moving story may have been attaching to that. They were putting themselves in. Yeah, they were, yes. they were putting something. And on that's it for sure. that's my point is yeah. that. And again, you can do this many different ways. All film is emotional. Um, uh, manipulation you, mm-hmm. the director or mm-hmm. the entire production is a puppet master mm-hmm. and it's making you dance and if it's doing its job it, it's it's controlling you exactly how it wants i see how this movie does that and i think because of the experimental gimmick it doesn't have it it can't get those claws in me i would if i would much rather it did and be enthralled with this story but i can't get around that because of the how that experimental gimmick lessens sort of other aspects of filmmaking in it. Now, again, going back to sort of the reason I kind of, I'm more impressed when a film that is outside of my own experiences and things that are very similar to me gets an emotional reaction from me. Cause that's like, I'm, yeah. I am now becoming a part of this entirely different character, whether that's set in real life, sort of like moonlight was, or even a, a, a fantasy, uh, you know, the, the new guardians trailer just dropped. So like guardians <laughs> of the galaxy, but I like come back to Marvel. Soon. I always do. <laughs> but the point, my point is I'm way more impressed when something so fantastical can actually d- dig its claws in me and get an emotional response. Fuck. And I, I've wanted to do an episode about this for a while. Uh, there's a video game called Overwatch that doesn't have a lot of story in the game, but there's these cinematics, these Pixar quality cinematics that they do that literally these characters like in in five minute chunks like really fucking mean something to me like i actually get that weird swell of emotion in different parts of it so when things like that can get things so far away from reality when then i'm just given reality that i've already sort of not already experienced but experienced very similar things and like whatever and other sort of problems i just i'm that doesn't feel like a strong experience to me and i understand it can to other people it's just how i like my stories i Mm -hmm. guess Mm -hmm. Ah. I, I was going to, to that point, uh, and this comes back to a production management issue as well, is like, yeah, so for example, Tree of Life is a film I don't think actually fully works, but it has some really, the, the scenes of childhood, I think, are some of the most powerful things Terrence Malick has ever directed. Agreed. Um, and the thing is, is that film has this sort of dreamy, layered, you know, for lack of a better word, Malickian style. And um, the thing about, that I admire, and I have to think about, if I was going to be making Boyhood, you know, is that is that they had to set the tone for the film from frame one and to, to inject, you know, like if he jumped and in, in year, f- uh, year five and started doing a waking life kind of animated conception of, of what's going on in Mason's head, it would break the film. If he jumped and did something that was like Terrence Malick, which is something that I personally respond to in year 12, it would not work. Of course, it would break the film in chronological, of so, course. So, so, but, but, so, the, but the style he chose is total baseline. No, but I think that's also Link Linklater as a filmmaker, you know, like if you see it in Slacker, his first movie, is a is a filmmaker who's not as interested in aesthetics 
as he is behind, as he is interested in the philosophy of aesthetics. Which is totally fine, but I never, look, aesthetics come and go. I'm a character guy. Like, I need fucking characters to engage with me and for me to get jump along on their emotional journey. And the only one in this film that almost did it, even though I have less in common with her, is the daughter, is Samantha. Uh, Mason surely didn't. Mason reminded Mason reminded me, and tell me if you think this is this is fair or not. Right. Especially as he got older, reminded me of the worst part of my, my the worst parts of myself when I was younger. This sort of like I got everything figured out and like everything's bullshit, and I'm just gonna work on my fucking did it. Like, and you look back at the like, there's a sort of beauty to those moments, but also you're looking at this kid and you're like, fuck, I used to be like that. Like, ugh. I don't think he comes across as having I mean, I, I, as having it all figured out. I think that he's in the car with his girlfriend it. and he's fucking talking about how like everything's rigged and all the okay, shit. And like, but then you have them sitting on the curb when she's broken up with him or she's cheated on him. And, and he's and, still like, whatever. Right. And then she goes, she, something comes up and he's like, you know, why are, you know, he says, well, I've been sleeping with other girls. And she goes, who? And he's like, well, I don't have to tell you. And she's like, why did you bring it up? And she, you can see him like this facade of this kid that's trying to act like he's got everything together. You see that he doesn't. And I don't, I didn't see that he had it all like the whole time. I felt like he was floundering. I felt like he was struggling to figure out what he's supposed to be doing. And that, so yeah, I mean, I could see that. Yeah, that was what I was saying. To, to yeah. Matt's point, I, he does remind me of uh, every first year university student, yes. you know, like every first yeah. year college student. And we were all that kid. But, but like, also sure. but the, th- the thing that I think is, um, is tricky about that is that is that if you if you do first year college conversations as an adult they are bullshit because you you've got these like entitled privileged kids talking sure. about the world as though they as though they know <laughs> and they understand it what's cool about um and why i think why i was surprised that the film doesn't work that well for me and it, it might have to do with writing time production whatever yeah. is that before sun before sunrise the first um was it before sunset is the first one um the the that's basically what it is it's two college aged um people having those long philosophical discussions that we all had if you went to college sure mm-hmm. uh, you know and the kinds of conversations that you have when you're 20 years old right. and that's what that is and and what's surprising about before sun the first one yeah the first one is that it's really engaging and it and it feels authentic it feels like when i was that age and i watched it this year sure. mm-hmm. it feels like when i was that age having that conversation the problem with the conversations that happen in in boyhood yes. is they feel like me watching myself having those conversations where yes. you're just like, ooh, kid, come yeah. on. Yeah. You know, like, yeah. Yeah. And and beyond those conversations, the writing the, embraces that. The though. scene yeah. in with the kids in the when they're like um in the abandoned house and they're waiting and like we're getting some hose over late, like that whole fucking mm-hmm. garbage. Mm-hmm. I was like, that they were talking, all talking like caricatures of those type of kids. Now we all, I, we had sort of similar situations, or I did at least growing up, but like it was never it for a film that's so concerned about making it feel like, you know, this is, you know, everything's a template in this film. So like it's these scenes where like, they're supposed to be some sort of profound, like this is something that boys can go through as they grow up. The, the, what takes away from them is the garbage writing. It feels like, like just like a a generic, like, Oh, kids talk like this. Let's throw all these buzzwords in. Let's go. Like those moments that should feel powerful. Don't. Did it not feel powerful to you because it was? The, they didn't the, feel real. The, the it felt diet. like a play. Oh man, that's so funny because I that scene especially I remembered before the second viewing, and I was like, I remember being in those situations where you're like, you don't. It just it just that 
it the emotion felt genuine it, to me. The emotion that it's trying to invoke and that it does invoke for the character in the film did not invoke in me because I could not get around how fucking awful all of these characters <laughs> sounded. Not 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 the because quality. You the dialogue was the dialogue written was rough. Uh, and another thing, and sort of just the the we keep talking about Ernesto. Uh, the Mexican gardener? Yes. Uh, and a Mexican yeah. laborer. Uh, he was, yeah, he was working on a pipe in the yeah, yard. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And then there's a throwaway line from the mom saying, hey, you're a smart kid. You should go to school. Even though he's done nothing that's really tech- like super smart there. He's like, you probably should do this pipe. Great. And then a year or so or however many years later, you have this moment of him being a manager at a thing at a, at a restaurant who they're all eating at who also... Uh, is is going to school and doing all this other great stuff. And he's like, you really changed my life that day. Listen to your mom. She's a smart lady. And now I get what they're trying to do. Small victory. Small her, victory. Right? You're trying to give the mom almost a bit of purpose throughout the thing. Cause up until this point, she's kind of been a little bit victim-y in a weird, she's done some strong stuff too, sure. but the way, and this, this, this whole, the whole Ernesto thing is really what I think the pinnacle of what bothers me <laughs> in this movie is that it's it not, feels it's not a high point for the movie. It feels not, like I'll agree there. It, yeah. it, <laughs> it feels like it want like back in the day it wanted to get a point across. And then because of the way the production is, they're like, oh fuck, we didn't we didn't do that yet. So then they do it and it just feels so fucking it, this is the worst example of how things in this movie can feel forced. And if we're talking about things that break immersion for me. Ernesto, yeah, I will definitely number give you one. A hundred percent. I'll give you that. I do think that Ooh. it was it was it didn't need to exist. I understand nope. why they gave her this small victory because I mean, she was a college professor. She was, she was, we're to assume, you know, changing students' lives. I mean, she seemed like a there's a more, cool teacher that like, you know, that I had the, that, that, was, that yeah. helped me along there's the way. There's a more powerful moment with but, the girl in the, in the room. I yeah. didn't need her to have that small victory because if I'm watching this film through Mason's eyes, my mom doesn't get a small, victory. you know what I mean? Like I, I don't, yeah. Her crying at the end that what else is what what else is my life about is enough of what I think he was processing. Yeah. So to give that moment, you know, it was it was unnecessary, but it's uh, but I can you know, the other thing is, is uh, coming back from a production management point of view, the if we were to, to try and find a, a positive of that is like they set that moment up in year. They did. In I I think that the actual gap between that and the delivery year is like three or four years. They said, yeah, that was from the, uh, I think the 2010 yeah. scene and then that pays off in 2013. So they, so, really, so it's like yeah. three years. So it's like to, you know, like just, just think about from, I, I agree. It's not the, it's, no. the it is, and it is one of the things that you could point to as this film not working is a scene like that. But it is, I do admire this idea of like, Hey, we're going to sit up the scene now and we'll pay it off in a few years time but now they, but they it, totally fl- bull, they flop the payoff like they, 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 completely, they don't stick the landing at all no it doesn't work and but but you know like you got to remember the the making this film is like is is a game of chess like that you know where you're trying to think three moves ahead right? yes is it impressive that they thought three moves ahead and they could get the same people and do all this stuff 100 percent. that's that, not enough for you that's not enough for me that does, a, a good movie does that not make I, I, and unfortunately, Dan, I'm on Matt's side. No, on I, this get one. That. I, I get I'm, that. I'm, You've I'm been a, pretty even back and forth. I I'm do a, have to say. I'm a chameleon. On the, no, because, because watching it this time around, I did, I did kind of admire it more. And it, and here's the thing. The first time I watched it, I thought it was very rough. Like I was in a movie theater. I was excited to see this movie, this idea of a 12 year movie. Mm-hmm. It looks exactly like the kind of genre of movie that I'm into. And I thought it was pretty rough. Yeah. And I, you know, I thought, it, and I thought it was a clunker and it came out like in this sort of, fanfare of like this amazing you know cinematic um triumph and i just didn't think it was that this time around i I have to admit 
it wasn't as bad as I thought it was. Yeah. You know, like watching it a second time around, Mason wasn't, you know, Alec Coltrane wasn't as annoying 18 year old as oh, I thought he was. If he said sorry one more fucking time, I was just like, how that's, that's literally must be the, oh, I bet you if you search in the script, it's like 80% of did what you, that fucking kid you, says. I, after watching it, I was like, they got lucky with this kid. Did you not think that? Did yeah. you, did you think that yeah, he it was, go, it gone I mean, it could have gotten worse, but I think that he was rough when he was older. Yeah, I mean, I guess, and it's also hard to not think about what these kids were going through. Like when the the daughter is singing Britney, she like wakes yeah. him up with a pillow and she's singing Britney Spears. Yep. You could not have gotten the fourteen year old to do that, right? No. Like you know that the actors changed along the way. And I think they were specifically looking for a kid who didn't feel like he like felt Haley like a Joe vessel. Yeah. He felt yeah. like a vessel for yeah. you to put your experience on, yeah. right? Yes, and. So in that sense, I think I think it was successful because I think that's what it, the purpose was. Yeah, if you know, you, if you'd gotten like a Haley Joel Osment or something, you would like, have been. So would, would have you been say that an this, a kid that would have come in in the later years have been like, I've I've honed my craft, yeah, and yeah. now I need you know I'm not feel you know but, would have been a problem. For so would film. you say in general that this film is the equivalent? Because I might have just come up with a decent analogy, or it could know. be horrible. I'm gonna yeah. say no first. I know yeah. is, is the equivalent that's a good tactic yeah, to take. With is them. the equivalent of a beautifully constructed like let's say a, a crystal vase, right? That it is ready to have you put whatever meaningful, beautiful things inside of it when, when you have it, when you get it, and when you use it. But if you, if you take away... This is a complicated analogy. All of your, the, the, your, your sort of experience that it is now trying to tap into you, Wait, is, is it just an empty vase? Does this crystal a beautiful vase, have vase personality? Is this a, I it doesn't? It's a crystal. I mean, it's clear. It's whatever you put in it. Yes, but crystal can be beautiful. Yes, you know. I think there's the enough value and, in the and in the how vase they did it. Itself. How they did it with the experimental gimmick, I think, is beautiful. I think the 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 craft and the dedication is a beautiful thing. I don't think anything else about it is. You wouldn't. You wouldn't bring the crystal vase over to someone's so house and be think, like, "Okay, so when you all these critics, the the, the Rotten Tomato score, you know, all these things. What do you think aside? So, do you think that there's another view aside from maybe I'm looking for backup? Aside from my own, that's like you know, I put my experience on it. I thought that the the, the production value. What do you think resonated so much with critics? Two things. Yeah, please. One, I should I be think, able to present this, but I'm not. I didn't read enough reviews. Two, uh, the first being, I think your point of view is, or, or the, the point of view you've been sort of putting forward, and the one that I've been saying I can't get behind, in a way, it, and no, not even in a way, is a detriment to me because I can't get. You're so cold. I can't get behind. Yeah, <laughs> I can't get behind that type of storytelling that's so self-reliant on things outside of the film itself being my own personal experiences. Normally that's supposed to like be like the spice on a, on a story. Uh -huh. This is just like if you're eating a spoonful of pepper, like the other side of it is, and this is a weird thing to say. This is a very, and I, and this, let me say this. I don't think for either. I think you've both made incredible points that make me think about it more. Hmm. So this is, this is sort of my, my teeing this up is I do think this is a very easy film to bandwagon for. I'll, yes, I, I think it's much easier to go along and say, this is amazing. It was shot over 12 years and we experienced this boy's life. It's beautiful. Like, I think that's a hundred percent. Now, Dan, you've fucking labeled a ton of shit. That's like very true. Shahir, you've even, I, I, and I'm not just doing this for effect. Like my, my thing <laughs> about what it usually does. I do, I mean. but like normal, I've been saying gimmick, gimmick, gimmick. And now sort of it, for me saying experimental gimmick is a large consent to how I actually viewed this movie. You, you, now you always saw the value, I think in the right. So like, 
I, I, yeah, I just, I just think it's, it's, it's a super easy thing to champion in a weird way. Right. I, I, yeah, I, why did people, I mean, look, it, it's Richard Linklater, who's a well-established filmmaker, who's, who basically, he dropped the project out of nowhere, you know, like, I've been making this movie for 12 years, I've been following kids. <laughs> By the way. Yeah, yeah, I've been growing with him over time. Um, so I think it is easy to, you know, and I still think, uh, you know, like the, the, there are problems to this movie and I don't think it's as great as people make it out to be, but it is a, you know, like the, there's truth to this idea that it's a once in a lifetime film, you know, like it, it is literally once in a lifetime. That's film. Right. Oh no. And, what if someone does 13 years though? <laughs> but then, um, you know, you like your empty vase analogy. And I was like, it made me think of, uh, and this is going to be college age yeah. pretension coming out I and love it was it. uh is the john keats poem ode to a grecian yes you guys, you guys know this poem it's like every college vaguely yeah every college kid gets I'm Greek, this. by the way so i'm so honored go oh on. well there you go, go. uh ode to a grecian urn then the notion is that keats was writing this poem about this beautiful urn and these two lovers trapped in time and the final line of the poem is beauty is truth truth beauty that is all you know on earth and you and all you need to know and that's, I think, is is a is kind of an analogy to what to a to your glass vase analogy, and but using to, it in a different way, yeah. and to, and to Dan's <laughs> point, which is that that if you find this beautiful, that is all you need to know, right. and 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 there is beauty to be had in this film, and and I think that that is true for me as a as a narrative construction. I think I, I you know like if it had been like a mediocre narrative construction, I think I would have been okay with that. But I think it's a it's a it's a pretty poor, poor narr sure. yeah, narrative construction at times, and and like one of the and it really does come right back to the alcoholic father at the beginning. Like the, I think that 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 sequence of events is so poorly constructed, and that is such a big chunk of your gateway into this movie mm -hmm. that you that that you got to fight to get me back after that, and unfortunately. It's not just it's not just that scene, and the problem with that scene again is that it's it's lack of specificity. I I I I don't see the detail and nuance, and there's a lack of subtext in the scenes. There are people just talking about what they want. They're not talking about who they are as human beings, or you know, like in a in a subtextual way. So, what would you say? Is that almost your final thought, or what would you? My final thought. I'm just going to borrow it from Keats because my man John Keats said that she <laughs> she it. Beauty is truth. Truth beauty. Okay. Uh, I mean, we're going to give Dan the final word, so I'll just, I'll just oh, go no. right now. Um, again, I think it's an experimental gimmick that sort of they lean on a little too much um, or a lot too much. I think the writing and the storytelling is rough based on real real life filmmaking problems that happen and, and can exist. I think um, I, I don't think personally for me, the film's not worth my time, but apparently I am wrong in the, I'm not part of the, uh, majority saying that the movie is wonderful wait wait what'd you say i i think it's on tape yeah did, he, did you say i am wrong it's recorded. i think if you're looking wait. at statistics statistically i am wrong in saying this is a bad movie but you're i still wrong. think it's a bad movie right. um <laughs> and i just um i do however appreciate the talks i've had about this movie here and elsewhere have always been very interesting to me and i really liked sort of what Shahir said before he gave his final thought about taking the vase analogy and turning it with that beautiful poem into a thing and, and have we just all become best friends is that what we just did <laughs> I, I think, I think so. we've all grown I mean, up. Let's see. Let's see how this goes. Okay. Yeah. Oh wait. Yeah. Dan. Final. Th oh yeah. Dude, by the way, Dan's if, out. if like, you haven't seen, if you haven't seen Boyhood, uh, don't. Uh, no. You can check it out on Netflix right now. So or not. That's, that's my final. Th I think that you know, on the strength of the experiment, the production value, I think there's a lot of of 
gems of moments that will resonate with most people, I think the film is definitely worth a watch. I don't think it's the kind of movie where it's like you watch it and like, oh, it was terrible. Don't go see that film. You know, I think that there's enough here for you to watch and put your own uh, spin on. So I would say go see it. And I expect that I'll be back uh, once a year for the next 12 years to review another film. <laughs> That's right. You no, know. no. What, what we're going to do is we're going to review this film yes. again. every year every for the year. next 12 and years. you have to watch it again. Oh, no. I actually had in my notes at like the two hour mark, like in all caps, because I was so angry. I was like, is this still going? There, How is this a thing? There's a podcast where like some uh, comedians review. What's that Adam Sandler movie where they go back to college, uh, back to high school or something like Billy that? Billy Madison? No, no, no. Like, uh, the one that he did recently. Oh, uh, and there was grown a, ups? yeah, Grown Ups, yeah. Where, he, where they review Grown Ups too. I think every every episode. Oh, oh my! And they try to watch it every day <laughs> for a year or something like that. I, I think that's the general gist of it. That, I mean, it's not the only podcast. I mean, it's not really about a movie. It's about one movie. So yeah. we are the only, only podcast, podcast about, about movies. movies. Plural, plural. That's anyway, why I was here. Yes, yeah. this has been the only podcast about uh, Boyhood. Uh, so Dan, thank you so much thank for you, coming yes. in. And I felt like we assaulted you. No, no, I feel okay. <laughs> Spoken. Oh man, I don't know how to take that. Uh, when, when, when not making us feel bad about attacking your uh, opinions on a film, where can folks find you? Uh, 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 nowhere. Um, no, I am. Uh, I'm on social media. Yeah. I'm, I'm, what, what are your handles? Accounts. What are your uh, handles? Oh. Dan Kuv, D-A-N-K-U-V. Oh, these I are think I have. Accounts? I think I have one tweet that I've ever tweeted. Okay. Have well, this. A- more importantly, there's something that you do that's absolutely amazing called five. You've you've dubbed it oh, Five Dollar Fridays. Yeah, Tell us a little cool. bit about that because listeners, this is a fucking phenomenal yeah, idea. That's so sweet. Mm-hmm. Um. Okay. So, uh, uh, after the election, I was feeling pretty depressed. Um, Why? Uh, <laughs> we uh, Trump in this room because <laughs> he didn't win with enough of a victory. Oh! I don't, no, no. Yeah. Uh, so I want to do something small. Uh, you know, I kind of needed to turn off the news for a while, and I want to do something small. Um, so uh, came up with this idea for something called Five Dollar Fridays. Um, it is just uh, I pick a donors choose project. Um, mm-hmm. You know, all the donors choose projects are education based, obviously, um, and they're vetted. They're you know the the organization pick you know teachers submit their projects. They say what they need pencils school books, you know, new furniture for their classroom. Stuff you just think they get and they never exactly. do. And I, I try to pick projects that had not been funded. They'd been posted for months and nobody gave a dollar. Um, and then try to uh, crowdsource or crowdfund micro donations that post on Facebook. And I tried to um, get people to give five bucks on a Friday. Yeah. How, do you, um, and, how can um, people find this? So I, funny you ask that. Yeah. So far it's just been, uh, I, I'll post it and then I ask my friends to share it. And that's been funding. We, you know, we, we've only been doing it for four weeks and we've funded four projects, which is great. Yeah. But I am going to start uh, my my husband's creating a logo right now to, mm-hmm. to do like a Facebook group. Right. Um, so uh, we're going to start the group online. So look for it soon. You can you can look for it on Facebook. It'd be five dollar Fridays. Yeah, that's great. Um, and then you could join the group and then you'll get every Friday you'll get the notification. And if it goes well, we can do a. Co- I mean, when I look for these projects, there are so many teachers out there that need stuff and just like 200 300 like yeah. things that we actually if everyone doing it gave five dollars the yeah. price of a fucking coffee in so new york we city can do, we can do more projects yeah. we can do bigger projects and and so yeah thanks for that girl has yeah. been a big supporter appreciate that's it. fantastic it's yeah. super that's awesome really- yeah i'm dan kuv on on stuff d-a-n-k-u-v but you know 
I'm mostly private. Doesn't matter, that. man. Yeah. You. Now you're yeah. public. Oh, no. you. Shahir, what about you, buddy? You can find me at shahirdad.com. That's S-H-A-H-I-R-D-A-U-D.com, which has got links to Twitter, Facebook, all that bullshit, which you don't want to see. And I should I should go private like Dan. I think I think that's a wise move. Bullshit. Um, Come look at all my stuff. I'm on MatthewKroll.com. That's M-A-T-T-H-E-W-K-R-O-L. You can also see me on Instagram at Skeletor, the number four P-R-E-Z, or on Twitter at Emperor MSK. Also, check us out on our Facebook page for the only podcast about movies. You can reach us at only Podcast at gmail.com and OnlyMoviePod on Twitter. Mm-hmm. Uh, and iTunes reviews would be so lovely. Kartek, we hope you enjoyed this. Kartek, if, please leave us a review. Yeah. I want to know what Kartek thought. I, I, I actually, Kartik uh, and I have briefly spoken about it, but uh, first of all, he couldn't believe you hated drive so much. No right? one ever <laughs> believes I hate drive so much, and, but the uh, hype is real. And uh, and I think he's actually not a fan of this movie of Boyhood either. So he was he wanted, but it, the thing is, the critical consensus loves this movie, so yeah. he wanted to hear some consenting voices. Yeah. He thought we wouldn't like this movie. I know, no, people, Dan, people set us up, that, like, or they think one of us will hate it, and so we yell at each other. We know this, and we love it, so mm-hmm, send in mm-hmm. your requests still. Uh, again, this has been the only podcast about movies. Dan, thank you so much. Guys, we'll see you next week. Oh, Star Wars! Uh, Star Wars! Oh Star Wars Rogue One. How oh. many Star Wars, like, of our of our podcast, like, 80% is Star Wars. Star Wars! Nothing but, but Star Wars! Star Wars.